We left off on Friday with a question. If Reuven made Teshuvah, why is it that his father took away from him the merit of being the Melech and the Kohen? If he made Teshuvah, we know Teshuvah is very powerful. It erases what a person does. And the Torah is testifying on Reuven that he in fact made Teshuvah. We explained already that his Teshuvah was very special because like we said, he was even involved in doing good things and still made Teshuvah. Yesterday I mentioned a different different Nikuda, why his Teshuvah is unique. You know, when it came to Adam, Adam followed his Yetzirah. Adam knew he wasn't supposed to eat, and he ate. His evil inclination took him, and he was not able to control himself. Cain was very upset with his brother. He killed him. That was a Yetzirah person gets angry, gets upset, does something wrong. They made Teshuvah on the bad act that they did. But we said that when it comes to Reuven, the whole different kind of act, Reuven was actually doing something good. He was defending the honor of his mother. That action came from his Yetzer Hatov. It came from his good inclination. He was defending his mother when he saw that Yaakov did not put his belongings by his mother. And to defend her, he went and he did what he did. It's very difficult for a person to make Teshuvah when they have good intentions. Adam did not have good intentions. He just spelled his Yetzirah. Very often in life we make a mistake not coming from good intention. It's just coming from falling to our desires or our wants. But when we have good intentions, when we're doing something for a good reason, that's very hard to make Teshuvah from. In fact, when you read the Vidui, you know, part of Part of the vidui, the, the real, that part, the real vidui on Kippur or any time. You know, we have to ask a question. What is, what is vidui? Vidui is telling Hashem what you did wrong. You know, we know that one of the main parts of Teshuvah is the vidui, is admitting. And some say it's the main part. But what is the value of getting up and telling Hashem what you did? You don't think he knows what you did? He tell Hashem, listen, I did this. Isaac Baruch, he knows you did it. But what do you what do you what, what's the value of telling Hashem what are you gonna hide from him? He knows everything. The answer is that Vidui, the focus is not on what you did. The focus is on you. Which means that most people, or many people, when they read the Vidui, of course they'll admit they did it. I did this, I did not do this. 
They will read it and they will say, I did it. I didn't do it. But most people, while they're saying that they did it, they will excuse themselves. Meaning, listen, I did it. It's very, it's very hard for me. Look at the way I grew up. I mean, that's not who I am. I don't do those things. That's not where my family is. That's not what I've been taught. That's not... Oh, it was very hard for me to do that. When a person reads the vidui, he will notice that subconsciously, as he's admitting to everything, he's actually excusing himself one by one. My, my, I don't honor my parents. Oh, my parents are very difficult people. I didn't speak nice, but, you know, people don't talk nice to me either. You know, I did that, I did this, but what am I supposed to do? So basically, yeah, instead of reading a hundred averot, you do a hundred excuses. So you agree that you did it, but you don't take responsibility. You think your life is being run by other people because of what they did, what they taught, what they what they said. Oh, Jack's asking good. Some of them we didn't do, he's saying. <laughs> so first of all, there's two answers. When you see something you didn't do, don't be so sure you didn't do it. One says you didn't kill somebody. Sometimes you can kill in different ways. So there's 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 other ways of doing the same averat. It may not be the simple translation. And plus, if you if you pay attention, all the vidui when we make it in we do it in plural. We don't say I did. We say we did, which means that we're responsible for each other. So maybe you didn't kill, but somebody that you're responsible for might be, might be killing right now. Maybe you're not doing enough in your life to help other people do the right thing. So we don't make vidui only for ourselves. We make vidui for our responsibility, which includes other people. So therefore, there's nothing that we say that's not relevant. And by the way, the vidui is not only for what we did the last week. There is a part of us that feels that since we're acting with good intentions, so then it's fine. It doesn't matter that I don't do the right thing. I had good intentions. My intentions are good. God knows my heart. He knows I want to do the right thing. He knows I try my best. He knows I work very hard. He knows all these. Everyone has this personal relationship with God. And this personal relationship is so close that he feels that he's not relevant, he knows me, I know him, he knows what I'm capable of, he knows what I do, and therefore, it's all good. Right, Raymond? You have the same thing, I think. We all have it. We all have this unique relationship with Hashem, which is a good thing, but sometimes it makes us feel like we're not so relevant to what is relevant. And especially when we have good intentions especially when you're doing things for the right reasons. Not everything done with good intentions is good. There is something called absolute truth. There's something called absolute sheker. There's absolute good and absolute bad. And if a person doesn't do the right thing, even if he has good intentions, it's the wrong thing. It doesn't make a difference if your heart was into it. You have to know what's right and wrong. And only the Creator knows what's right and wrong. So therefore, over here, Reuven is unique because his sin was doing something good. He was saving his mother's kabod, his honor of his mother. 
What could be good with that? Well, in the meantime, he was hurting his father. So a lot of times we feel that we're doing something where we might be doing something else wrong and it's not going to be excused just because we have good intentions. So Reuven made teshuvah. He made teshuvah on something that was done with his yetzeratov. He had good intentions, but he did it wrong. It's very hard to make teshuvah on good intentions. But we need to make teshuvah on good intentions. That's Reuven. Anyway, back to the question. We left off on Friday. We asked if Reuven made teshuvah. Why did Yaakov still take away his rights of the Bechora? So we mentioned yesterday something very beautiful. That when we see that Yaakov Avinu took away his rights to become the king and to become the Kohen. So he told them the words, Pahaz kamayim, you rush like the water. Al-totar. Al-totar means you're not going to get extra. You're supposed to get extra. You're the firstborn. You're going to get the power of Malchut, the power of Keuna. You're supposed to get extra. But because you rushed like the water, so you're not getting extra. Ki alita Because you messed up with your father's bed. You got involved in something you shouldn't have got involved in. So that's why you're not going to get extra. Notice that the words al-totar are out of place. Because really what happened Pahaskamai means you rushed. And what did he do when he rushed? He alita mishkeve avira. You rushed and you moved your father's bed. And then it should say, because of that, al-totar. And that's why you should not get extra. But the pasuk doesn't say that. It says, pahaskamayim, you rushed like the water. Al-totar. That's why you're not getting more. And what did you do when you rushed? You took your father's bed. Why is Al-Totar put in the middle of what he was doing? So he said yesterday beautifully that the Teshuvah of Reuven was on what he did. He moved his father's bed. He kept making Teshuvah on his action. But real, full teshuvah. Not going to say his teshuvah is not teshuvah. Hazal made teshuvah. But his teshuvah was not full. Because he didn't make teshuvah on the root cause of what brought what he did. Why did he move his father's bed? Because he was rushing. So here is a man who made teshuvah. On what he did, an amazing teshuvah. A teshuvah that was forgiven. Even by his father. The act that he did, his father forgave him. But pahas kamayim, he didn't make teshuvah on the rushing. The acting in haste. Which means 
for us, practically speaking, when we make Teshuvah, we can't just focus on what we did. We must focus on why we did it. We have to focus what is the cause behind it. Because usually when we do something wrong, there's a deeper reason why it was done. And if we make Teshuvah on what we did, and we don't think about why we did it, so our Teshuvah is lacking. And that's why Yaakov Avinu says, Pahas kamayim. That part of your problem, the part that you rushed, that's what caused you al-totar. That's what caused you not to have any extra. Even though you're forgiven for the other part that you actually acted in an inappropriate way. I forgave you for that. And you got forgiven for that from Hashem. But not the fact that you didn't yet change the root of the reason why you acted. Yesterday we mentioned, it was a little bit rushed, but I'd like to just read it inside with you. First of all, the Gemara says, Azal tell us an interesting question. I'm not sure that we would have asked this question. The question is, Esther mina Torah menayin. Simply it means, where do we find the source for Esther in the Torah? Very weird question to begin with. Like we never find the minayin le yeshaya mina Torah. Menayin yirmeya mina Torah menayin. We don't ask those questions. What kind of question is that? Where do we find Esther in the Torah? Why do we have to find Esther in the Torah? We never ask this question on any... From where is Shmuel in the Torah? From where is Hannah from the Torah? There's no such questions. All of a sudden by Esther, the Gemara says, Esther mina Torah minayin. Where do you see Esther in the Torah? And they bring a pasuk when Hashem says, Ve'anochi, and I, Haster astir panai bayomahu. Hashem says, I'm going to hide my face on that day. Oh, so what do you see? Simply, you see the word, Haster astir. Those are the same letters, basically, as Esther. So we find a hint to Esther in the Torah, because look, her name, basically, is mentioned in the Torah. On a simple reading, it sounds like a very meaningless Gemara. The question doesn't seem to have a reason to be asked. And the answer is maybe even worse than the question. Because what you find? You found the word that happens to be the same spelling as our name. But nothing to do with her. Fine. So, there is something very, very beautiful and very relevant to our subject. What is the subject of that pasuk? Over there, Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu about what will be in the future. He told them, he told them, after you pass away, ve'kam ha'amazeh, this nation is going to stand, is going to stand. Ve'zana ahare Elohim he will go with idol worship. And Hashem says, ve'hara apibo bayomahu. Hashem says, I will be upset with him. He says, I will leave him. 
he says, he will end up being consumed by others, by other nations, as we've seen many times in our history, unfortunately. And many bad things and, and much sorrow will find him. When Hashem leaves us, we become le'echol. We become food for others. Le'echol. Ve'amar bayomahu. So what's going to be the reaction of Am Yisrael when Hashem leaves them and they're going to become the prey of others? Oh, they're going to say, Halo, al ki en Elohai bekirbi. It's because God is not in my midst. I'm serving idols. It's because I'm serving idols. That's why this happened to me. Sounds like a good reaction. Imagine somebody is in trouble. God forbid something happens to him. And right away he makes a hejbona nepesh. And he says, oh, you know why this is happening to me? Because of the wrong that I'm doing. That's the reaction. They're going to say, you know why this happened to me? Because we're serving idols. God is not in my midst. I have idol worship. What's going to be God's reaction to that? That teshuvah. The anochi haster astir panai bayomau. Hashem says, when I hear those words, I'm going to hide myself more. Before I only hid my face. It says, the histarti panai mehem. I'm going to hide once. Now when I hear this reaction, haster astir panai bayomau. I'm going to hide myself more. And more bad's coming to them. The Mifarshim asks, what's going on? Here, something bad happened to Am Yisrael. They owned up to their mistake. They, they made Teshuvah. They said, you know why this is happening? Because God is not with me. I'm serving idols. And what does God do? Oh, that's your reaction? If that's your reaction, I'm going to hide myself more. What, what, what's happening? Oh. Let's go back to Esther. Esther, when Mordechai came to ask her help to go to the Melech Ahasverosh, she told Mordechai, go tell the Jewish people they have to fast for three days. Don't eat, don't drink for three days. Three days straight, no eating at night. Three full days straight. And then I'm going to go to the king. Hazal explained, that this was in order to forgive the sin of the Sauda that they were involved in Ahasverosh's Sauda. Ahasverosh invited at 18,500 Jews in his Sauda. It's a very, very hashub list of Jews that when they made the invitation list, who knows if you were invited. Anyway, 18,500 went to the party. The truth, I don't know how many invited. 18,500 attended. And that party was kosher food, good stuff. And in the end, the goal was to get them to go with Zenut, to, to have immoral relationships. And that's what happened. So Esther, she wanted them to make kapara, to have kapara on what they did. But what was the big Avera they did? Not, not going to the party. That wasn't the big Avera. Food was kosher. I mean, okay, not a great thing. But the big Avera was Zenut. 
immoral acts are Yareg Avor, the worst things in the world. So how come Esther, that's the Gemara is asking, how come Esther, when she told them you need to make Teshuvah, how come she told them don't eat and don't drink for three days? That wasn't the main sin. The main sin was the ended up with immorality. How come she didn't focus on that and tell them to make kapara for that? Oh, Esther mina Torah minayin. That's what Gemara means. How did Esther know? Where did she see in the Torah that when Am Yisrael sinned with Zenut, the kapara is on the seuda? Right? Because what caused the zenut? What caused the immorality to happen? Because they went to the party. Even though going to the party may have not been the worst act, but it was the cause of the terrible act of zenut. So how did Esther know that when you make kapara, you don't focus on only on the end? But on the cause that brought you to the end, she told them, don't eat and drink for three days. This way, you have kapara. How did she know to go to the root cause of what caused it? Says the Gemara, Why here? Because we asked, when they made Teshuvah and they said, Oh, you know why this is happening to us? Because we're, an, we're serving idols. God says, forget it. If that's your reaction, Anochi, Aster, Astir, Panai, you didn't get the message. Why? By Yomahu, Al Kol Asa. Meaning, you didn't wake up one morning and serve idols. That's not what happened. Nobody wakes up one day and says, let me serve an idol. You know how many steps I have to go? There's a there's seder. To becoming an idol worshiper. There's an honor to becoming an immoral person. It takes one step, another step, another step. And from there you ended up doing that. When Am Yisrael says, you know what the problem is? I served idols and they ignored all the reasons how they ended up there. All the wrong parties they went to. All the wrong people they're hanging out with. All the wrong things that they're watching. All the doors they're involved in. They ignore all that. All the things that they did to get to the idol worship, they don't mention. What do they say? You know what is happening to me? Because I worship idols. God says, that's not a teshuvah. I am going to continue hiding. Why? They did so many bad things before they got to idol worship. They did so much ra'ah before they turned into idol worship. So if you focus only on the end, you miss the boat. Because nobody wants to serve idols. Nobody wants to be immoral. But if you put yourself in the wrong places, and you do the wrong things, and you end up there, so you think, you know my sin was? Look at what I did. No, that wasn't your sin. Your sin is what you did to get there. By the time you got to that point, there was no 
way to stop. Some people feel, you know, I can't stop sinning. Of course you can't stop sinning. Look who you talk to. Look what you're watching. Look what you're hanging out with. Look what's on your phone. Look who you surround yourself with. Of course you can't stop sinning. Your sin isn't that you sinned. Your sin is that you put yourself in the wrong environment. You put yourself with the wrong people. You went to the wrong island. You went to the wrong place. What do you think is going to happen when you end up in such places? Guy goes to a party and he gets drunk. He becomes an alcoholic because every night he goes to another party. He goes to make teshuvah. What's this teshuvah? I drank. That's not what you did. That's not, that's not the cause that you did that. So also, you got to make teshuvah. The problem, what are you going to those places? If you find yourself in the wrong places, of course you're going to do that. You go on the wrong trip, you end up doing bad things. So you make up for the bad thing. That's not the problem. Why'd you go there? So the Gemara says, Esther minatorah minayin. How did Esther know that when someone does a terrible avera, the real teshuvah is on what led to it and not on the avera itself? How did she know to tell them to make teshuvah on the seuda and not on the zenut, even though zenut seems to me much bigger? How did she know that? From this pasuk, God says, you're making teshuvah because you served idols. You missed the boat. You did so many bad things before to get to that point. So many bad decisions. So you missed the boat. The real teshuvah is on what caused you to get to that point. This is what happened to Reuben. Reuben did teshuvah for the act, but didn't do it. For the cause, pahas kamaim, that rush, the act of rushing to do something without thinking, without consulting, that he didn't make teshuva. And by the way, this is the message of the para aduma. Torah says by para aduma, what is the para aduma, the red cow, that you, we use to make us pure from mita, from death, from tum'av, death. So the Midrash says, listen to this Midrash. The Midrash says, why para aduma? Why specifically a red cow? Says the Midrash, the Egel is a baby, is a calf, a baby cow. Says the Midrash, the Egel came and messed up. What was the big sin in Am Yisrael that messed us up? You know, after Matan Torah, you know, after Adam Arishon, the Adam Arishon was not supposed to be death in the world. But then he ate. When we got to Matan Torah, we were back to the time of Adam Arishon. Until the Egel. The Egel again, the Egel is the equal of Adam eating from the fruit. Just like it brought Mita, the Egel also brought Mita. That's why every time someone is Tamimit, that's why everyone, whoever is Tamimit by touching a dead body, it's not supposed to be a dead body. You know what is a dead body? Because of the egel. So how do you get cleansed from the tum'ah of death? You take the para aduma, the ashes, and you sprinkle on them. Says the Midrash, why para aduma? Says the Midrash, I'll give you a mashal. There was once a mother with her baby in the palace of the king. And in this palace, this baby is making a royal mess. 
Okay, in the palace, you make a royal mess. A very big mess. Dirty, this, that. His mother sees what the baby's doing. She right away goes on her knees and cleans everything. Says the, says the Midrash, the Egel came, the baby of the cow came and made a mess. Let the mother, the para, let the cow, the mother of the Egel, let her come and clean up the mess of the Egel. That's the Midrash says. Very nice Midrash. But the truth is, the Midrash, the, the story, is not like the, the, the Nimshal, it's not like the Mashal. Why? Because in the Mashal, the baby is not capable of cleaning. Why did his mother clean? Because the baby can't do it. So the mother did it for him. But by the Egel, why do we have to bring a para to cover for the Egel? Bring an Egel. We have an Egel. Bring an Egel and take his ashes. Why we have to bring the mother of the Egel? So the, the Mepharshim explained that Hashem wants to teach us a lesson. Not a lesson per se in this specific para and Egel, but for us to understand that if there's an Egel, if there is a calf that's doing something bad, you got to look to his mother. The problem with his mother. That's the source of the problem. And Hashem says, you got to know that in life, whenever you have a problem, you have to look at the source. If your son is doing something wrong, first look at yourself. If your daughter is doing something wrong, look at yourself first. Before you solve their problem, you have to look at the source when maybe you. In everything in life, you have to look at the source. Don't make cosmetic changes. We love cosmetic changes because they're easy and simple and usually less hurtful. You, you have a tree growing bad branches. You go and you cut the branches. After you cut all the branches, you say, ah, beautiful tree, I took care of all the problems. You come back two months later, the same round branches. What happened? You never fixed the problem. You made a cosmetic change. The Torah says, be careful of cosmetic changes. You got to look at the source, at the root cause. And by the way, why has to be para aduma? Has to be perfectly red. Temima. Temima means all red. Got to be fully red. Why? What's red? Why? Why can't it be white? Since where in the Torah do we care about the colors of a korban? Why is it has to be red? Moshe Rabbeinu, when he told us about when he hinted to us about the Egel at the end of his life, what did he say? Vedi Zahav. Di Zahav means, you know what caused you to idol worship? We thought what caused them to idol worship because Moshe Rabbeinu was the late. So we thought. Says, says the Moshe Rabbeinu, no. Di Zahav. Hashem gave you so much money when you left Mitzrayim. You became so wealthy that you got too caught up in your wealth and you became arrogant thinking you could just make any decision that comes to your mind. A person becomes wealthy is a very big danger of arrogance. When you become wealthy, you think you know everything. Am Yisrael overnight hit the lottery. They became super wealthy. Oh, When you get fat, you start to kick, meaning you start to think, 
Nobody knows better than me. Nobody could correct. Not even God knows better than me. That's what happened. So what was the real cause? What was the shortest, the real cause of making the Egel Azahav? The real source was too much money, the Zahav. What is the color of Zahav? Red. That's why the Para Aduma. That is why the Para has to be red. To remind us of the source of why the Egel was done by Am Yisrael. By the way, this explains why we say Amonai, Amonai, El Rahom Vehanun. Right? These are all the, the 13 Midot of Hashem. Why is it Hashem twice? Hashem, me were asking Hashem to give us Rahamim. Is all Baal Rahamim. Why we say Hashem, Hashem? Hazal say, Hazal say, Hashem gives us Rahamim before the sin and Rahamim after the sin, which is obviously difficult to understand. Rahamim after the sin, compassion and forgiveness after the sin, we understand. Guy sinned, he needs Rahamim. But why would you need Rahamim before the sin? He didn't sin yet. You know what the answer is? Because before the sin, it's already developing in your head. Already, the preparation for the, the sin doesn't just happen when you sin. That's just the action. In your mind, you're already doing things or thinking about things that will lead to the sins. So that's why you say, Amonai, before the sin, I need forgiveness to what brought to the sin. And then the second Amonai is for the sin itself. Remember that on Kippur, every day you say, Hashem, Hashem. One is for your mahshava, all the things that led to it, and then your actual ma'aset. Very nice. Yes, sir. You have to make teshuvah on all the causes of what made you end up in the wrong situation. Go back, make a seder. You know, it says in the Midrash, it says in the Midrash, Ele HaDevarim, when Moshe Rabbeinu spoke, Ele HaDevarim, Midrash says, on that, that Moshe Rabbeinu, he laid down for them. Says the Pasuk in Tehillim. means, I'm going to give you a rebuke. How? What's e'ercha? No, no, e'ercha. No, 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 no. I'm going to make seder. The Midrash says, Asader le'enecha. What do you mean I'm going to make a seder? It means that every avera has a seder. Every Avera that ended up somewhere has an order of things prior that led to it. How do I give you rebuke? I'm going to set up the domino. The domino effect to what a person ends up with. And you have to go back. You have to go back to what caused and what caused before. That's what it means. Now, I'll finish off by telling you, there are many examples of this. There are a lot of things that we do between men and men, and even between men and Hashem, that's really caused by anger. It's not so much that we said the wrong thing, 
is that we got angry, and that's why we said the wrong thing. It's not so much that we cursed, it's we got angry, and that's why we cursed. We have anger inside of us. Sometimes, for example, you have a guy walking around asking for money. You don't give him money. So what so what'd you do wrong? You didn't give charity to honey. But it could be when the guy was walking around, you were angry. You get angry when you see people in your mind, either they're not working, so you think, let him work. Why is he here every day? You have no idea what the guy's choice is. But you get angry. When you see the guy already, you got angry. There are people angry at rabbis. You know, most people, unfortunately, most people by us at least, or many, I say most, many people, their only relationship with a rabbi is he asks them for money. The most rabbis in your life, your relationship with them is, at some point, give me money. So what do you do now? You suspect every rabbi in the world that all he wants from you is money. So you're just waiting. You go to a class, you say, maybe you're going to ask me after the class. You go to the second class, maybe, maybe after the second one. You know, maybe this guy is very smart. Maybe after a week he's going to do it. He's not going to ask right away. He's smart after a week. And then the rabbi is very smart. They wait six months. And sometimes they even wait a year. Sometimes too. Yeah, and you're sitting there, ready. And then finally, he comes and says, Rabotai, I have a charity opportunity for you. Oh, there it is. Oh, fine, it was coming. No, it's coming. Here it is. <laughs> and now you say, I'm not giving. Now you go make the shuvah and say, I didn't give charity. Uh, that's not why. That's not your problem. You did not give charity. You're angry. You're suspecting every person that he's out to come get your money. It's an unbelievable thing. It's something that if you see it in action, you will be astounded. A person who asks you for money that you're not suspicious of, you're happy to give him, even if he asks you on the first try. For example, they come from Israel. Uh, let's say you love the army. Let's say you love the army. Okay. They come from the army base. They say, listen, we need something for the army base. Could you help us? They don't teach you a class. They don't negotiate with you. They, they tell you straight, listen, I'm here. So I need your money. What do you do? Of course, my pleasure. Are you kidding? How much you need? The other person asks you for money. He hinted to you. See, you go crazy. Why? What's, what's the reason? The reason is... Because you have before a sin'ah. You have a hatred that you develop through the years. And look, could be there were people in your life that didn't treat you well and took advantage of you. Could be. That's not a reason to suspect every person that comes to ask you for money that he's a crook and that he is out for your money and he's trying to gain from you. That's not right. But that's what we do. So when you're making Teshuvah for not giving charity, that's not what you did wrong. You had the wrong idea of people you have no knowledge of. What are you suspecting him? 
You don't know the guy. What are you going to get angry for? Follow? It's an example of making teshuvah, but not for the shoresh. A person, a person doesn't surround himself in the right circles. And he ends up doing bad things. Got to be careful. You got to get a havruta. You got to come to the Bet Midrash. If you're not coming to the Bet Midrash, and you're not spending time in your life daily to learn, you're going to end up in today's world in the wrong places. So the teshuvah is not because you did wrong. It's because you didn't put yourself in the right circles of friends and in the right places of learning. Beautiful. Like we mentioned yesterday, and on this I finish, it's very important. One of the biggest issues we have in life, I mentioned yesterday, one of the great miracles in life. Hashem made every baby when he came into the world that he's lacking his basic needs. How many needs does a human have? Two. He has physical needs, eating, sleeping, drinking, getting dressed, and he has emotional needs. A person needs to feel loved. You need to feel like you're loved, like you're somebody. Like that you're valuable. Every human needs those two areas. No human can live without his physical needs ignored. And no human can live without feeling loved. Pashut. When we come into the world, we're not capable of taking care of our needs. Not our physical needs. Not our emotional needs. Who takes care of our physical needs when we're... Our parents. People around us. They feed us. They give us to drink. They put us to sleep. They clean us. They... They take care of all of our physical needs. Why? Because we can't do it. And who takes care of our emotional needs? Who? Also, the people around us. I mentioned yesterday, if anyone ever asked you, show me a miracle. Right now. Show me a nest galui, an open miracle. Next time someone asks you that, right? Listening. If someone says, show me an open miracle. Tell them this. You ready for this one? Tell them this. A baby comes into this world. He needs to feel loved. Now, how does the creator ensure that he will feel loved? What does he do? He makes everyone love him. How? He makes him so cute. He makes him adorable. What do you do when you see a baby? Oh, he's so cute. Come. Gives him a kiss. What does the kiss do? Makes him feel loved. You hold him. Makes him feel loved. Put him on your lap. Makes him feel loved. Every time someone sees a baby, they get excited. What does that do? It makes the child feel loved. Hashem made the baby so abus. In reality though, wait, in reality, he's not abus at all. His characteristics are not abus. I know when you look at him, you say he's abus. First of all, he's little. Little people, not necessarily very abus. Second of all, he has no hair. He has no teeth. He can't walk. He can't talk. He's drooling. He's wearing diapers. He smells. I say if someone walked in like that right now, 60-year-old walked in with those attributes here. Kick him out. Huh? Go kick him out. Everyone would run away. They all leave scary. What a scary sight. You go home and say to your wife, I can't believe what I just saw today. You couldn't believe it. What a guy. It's the most scary looking person. Would anyone say, oh, so I boost this guy. So cute. Put him on your lap. <laughs> Never. 
Hashem made a baby specifically so he could show you that he did it. He made him not cute at all in any of his characteristics, yet he put in your heart that you love him. Hashem would have forced you to love him. Why? Because he needs your love. When a person grows up, what happens? He starts to take care of himself. He starts to eat. He starts to walk. He starts to talk. He starts to take care of all of his needs. That's supposed, what it's supposed to be. His physical needs, they go from his parents to himself. What about his emotional needs? What about the feeling of being loved? Where does he get that from? Unfortunately, most people never grow up from that. Most people still need others to show them love, to feel loved. Instead of producing love and value in yourself from your actions, when you learn, you develop value. When you do mitzvot, you develop value. When you do good things in your life, you develop real value. If you don't have real value, what happens? You need to grab it from all the people. Social pressure, peer pressure, all the people that you need to impress in your life. And you live your whole life the wrong way. Not because you're a bad person. Not because you don't know what's right and wrong. Because you have no choice. Because the peer pressure around you doesn't allow you to make decisions for yourself. You end up doing all the wrong things. Not because you want to. Because you don't have a choice. Because you need to impress those people. Because they're the only way you can get value. That's called the shoresh. That's called the root cause of terrible things. This is what we need to make Viduyan and Teshuvan. Not just on the action, but on the cause of what brought us there. Because most often, it's not the act that was really the problem, is what brought you to the act. That's the real Teshuvah that we need to make. And that's why it says the Nesilat Yesharim, how does Teshuvah work? Says Mishnah, when you're oker, when you uproot your ratzon, you uproot the maaseh, you uproot the action. How? Because all actions really start from the ratzon. If you take away the ratzon, then all the actions will come together. Rabotai, the school of Shalim Rabot, Gemar Vahatimatova, Zagubaruch.